And this is a Potty Time Jam. I like what's happening. Study Von Cleveland. Von Cleveland. SVC. SVC. Autobots unite. <laughs> get, 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 get that waste out of here. <laughs> Remove the waste. Hi, Corey. Hello today, Sonny. I, I would are you, like my to say. I would like to say hello and welcome, and I w- want to make sure uh, before anything gets said that you you that you you feel very comfortable and seen and welcome and safe to kind of speak your mind and and know that I'm I'm here to just just to you know be be a a a, a platform a vessel just a just a just a space for you to. To to lend your friendship because uh, I, I know it. that I know that you and I uh, this is still the very beginning. Uh, this is, is this maybe the it second is. conversation we've ever had, and I feel really good about it. And I want to I, I want to pretty good about it too. Let me I just check my comfort levels. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that one's good. How, how do you check? Biff, you good? Biff's good. Uh, we're good to go. Nice. I think everything. Can you teach me how to check my comfort level? <laughs> is there yeah, is there a signal yeah. that that has to be sent yeah. somewhere? So, so you, there's a an, an internal checklist that you have to. Mm-hmm. It requires first that you sit back, and then yeah, see, and then when you're in this zone, you're allowed to go. Everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good. Yep. Good. I'm good. And you always have to check with your co-host because you got to make sure everybody in the room's comfortable, right? And mm. Biff is 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 a, a person in the room, right? I have a I have a minion right here, and he oh. thinks he thinks he's good. He says everything is, seems pretty good. He's got. He's how, got what a did fish. he say? What did he actually say to you though? Yes. Yes. That's what I was hoping he said. Yes. That's that that's the minion. His name is also Biff. It's really weird. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to make it awkward. That, that's weird. That's weird. His name is Biff. As my minion is Biff. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, so you were telling me you were telling me that you you kind of went ham on having a bunch of shows and a bunch of um a bunch of podcasting you like you were broadcasting just like i am with broadcasting and podcasting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i actually Broadly. met my wife on a podcast actually oddly enough that's how i met my significant other my better half the good looking one in the group and yeah yeah um well, on her, on her podcast. Oh yeah, what's her podcast? Oh, uh, she has a podcast up called Boot Camp for the Mind and Soul. Oh, where she uh, does some awesome, awesome 
interviews and conversations with some pretty extraordinary people like FBI hostage negotiators, cancer survivors, people that have amazing stories. And then I somehow got on there. Mm. You negotiated yourself onto that program. Yeah. You know, I think it was a bribe. She thought she was getting a rock star and she got a nerd. Mm. It is what it is. I've done something and my charms worked. <laughs> I, and so. I've, I, I frequently have misled people that way. Oh, you think you're getting a, <laughs> a scary, angry wrestler? You're getting some soft nerd who's just going to talk about feelings and, and, and treat you right. with love and respect. Right. Darn it. You, you wanted a bad boy. You wanted a, you wanted a rock you star. Thought you bad were getting boy. that. And it turns out I'm a nice, kind, comparing, comparing. I, that's yeah. compassionate and caring in one. I like to amalgamate sentence well, words. Well, well, I have to say, I'm not one for comparing. Uh, I am pretty anti-comparing. I'm not really anti-comparing. I'm just so not comparing that. that uh, it looks anti. <laughs> it looks anti. Yeah, but I'm not going to go out there and be like, march and hold a sign stop comparing yourself to everybody else stop it <laughs> were they canceling comparing we're canceling comparing damn it <laughs> i love it a, a, a compare a daughter not a compare a son oh i see what you did there because there's no you know you got to be respectful of of everything so it can't be a comparison anymore it should be a comparing comparis comparis thing comparis it compare compare they compare they <laughs> compare they we are changing it to compare they that is the new sentence <laughs> there's not it's not a comparison anymore it's a compare they <laughs> imagine so, if we what? had to change every word that had sun in it do you know how many words you'd have to change? All right? the ones that you have sun in say, it. We couldn't even them. say person anymore. It'd have to be a per they. Per they. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't say person. <clears throat> terrible. Terrible. Corey. You, you know, Castle, what, terrible. I was think, what I was thinking about earlier today was about how, um, like, America. Uh, they 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 fled from the British, right? So like the the country was founded on freedom from indeed from these from, from the oppression. British oppression. But but like well, the first one is like freedom of speech. But then think yeah. about like how like the British people can kind of just say whatever the hell they want, and people don't dissect everything they say and go, "What the yeah. hell did you mean by that?" And in America, everybody is upset about everybody saying anything, and like Every... are out to cancel everybody for words. But like nuts. people in England don't cancel each other for words they say. Uh, yeah. No, and that, they don't. It's an American just, thing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it feels very American it, to cancel you know, people and, for and words. If you got serious about it for just a second, I think it comes from a lack of self worth. Right. It comes from a, a a need for validation and attention. Right. Because 
if you feel insignificant about yourself or you have low self-worth, then you're dying for some type of validation. And how dare you say that? And now look at me. I'm the victim. Look at me. Look at me. Give me attention. Give me attention. Feel bad for me because I'm offended that someone said something that offends me. Right. And it goes back to it's full circle comparisons. That person's life might be better than mine. Compare uh, they. Compare, compare they. <laughs> you almost it said it with a lisp. It almost sounds I like am... you're talking with a lisp. Compare oh, they. Uh, com- <laughs> compare they. <laughs> right. Yes. But, uh, but uh, the, it's, it's, it's really funny and uh, cool to find out if I'm compare, comparing us, you and I. Uh, yeah. I also met my girl on a podcast. My my nice. woman. I uh, the, our first conversation we ever had was her being a guest on my podcast, I and love it. Uh, that was set up by one of our you and I have a mutual friend in uh, an Oracle Oracle of Apollo. Oh yeah, she Dominique. she's friends. Yeah, she's friends with Alyssa, and and friends with me. And she was like, hey, my friend Alyssa was a singer on this show on Netflix, and she'd be a good interview for you to have on your podcast. And then we that was our first conversation we ever had. And nice. And here it's been over two years now. And we, does Alyssa zing to you? She does zing to me. <laughs> does she it's, zing it, to you? It did sound like you said zing. Zing. I did say zing, actually. It's... <laughs> it's a zestful singing. It's another amalgamation of words. Well, zing. I thought I thought zing zing is more of like bust each other's chops. And you're like, uh, oh uh, yeah, bazinga, zing, yes. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, well, maybe she zings you as well. But zing, also- zing out loud, <laughs> zing for the moment, zing, zing with me, zing for the year. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh yeah, uh, and 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 this chair, this very chair that I sit in, was a gift from Dami, from Dominique. Gave me this chair that I'm sitting in right nice. now. Nice. So nice. I, I helped her move a couple weeks back, and she gave me this chair. So you'll notice I'm more active and movie and stuff. I see it. was uh, you're more if, you're more aerodynamic in that chair right there. Any, and you can... Anybody who normally watches the show and sees how stiff I've been for the last couple years. Uh, notice I'm not as stiff now. I can move all right. over the place. Thank you, Dominique. You Thank are amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. She's incredible. And her new car is is pretty dope, and I'm, I'm slightly jealous of the new car. Yeah, so it is pretty I'm pretty just putting rad. that out there so when she sees this, just know, Oracle of Apollo, that I'm jealous of your car. Just saying. And- her her dog has the same name as her car. Her dog is named Cooper, and she drives a Mini Cooper. <gasps> wow! Serendipity. <laughs> no, she's awesome, man. She uh, we've had uh, I've been on her show a couple times. She's been on a couple of podcasts of mine. We met through Lauren Harris, uh, mm-hmm. who I seem to have met a lot of people through Lauren Harris, uh, and Lauren is is a pretty amazing dude with what he does uh in life so yeah, yeah. met some good people through him and uh dom's awesome yeah yeah um so i was gonna talk about comparing like um 
and really, really kind of go dive a little bit more deeper into that as far as like, um, it's, it's a little healthy sometimes to understand who you'd like to be by comparing yourself and going like, let me strive more for that, not comparing yourself and then being jealous of people. Like that's, that's, um, like uh, no yeah I, I i totally agree um i i've i believe in so what a pivotal change in my life um here comes the first bomb ready i served 18 years in prison and um while while i was there i did 19 months in the whole one particular stretch uh where i really changed my life around and uh one of the lessons that i learned in that time was um, finding uh, how to sculpt your personality to the person that you want to be. And because anybody can be any way that you want to be, you can have the personality you want to have, right? You're not, your personality is not like something that you've been given and you have no control over, right? You can be whoever the hell you want to be, right? Because nobody can tell you what you can and can't be. Um, and so you pick three people that you, you strive to be like, and, and, and I pick the rock and I pick Den- Denzel Washington and I pick uh, George Clooney because these three men kind of epitomized the way I would like to represent myself. Um, not necessarily, you know, copying them or being like them, but taking facets of their characteristics and implementing them in my own life. And, and so I do, right? Like, the rock has such an infectious smile and personality. Right. And, and so I learned if you smile a lot and you're nice, people will gravitate towards you. And Denzel Washington is the epitome of wisdom. And, and he, he just, he's such a humble human being. Right. And he's, he uses the life experiences that he's been through and he never gives up. He's never quit. You know, when Denzel Washington first started out in acting, he was just getting rejected all the time and, uh, and he never quit. Right. And so I used that as well. And then George Clooney, and it's not even George Clooney as George Clooney. It was more so George it was Clooney him from, as Batman. No, him absolutely Batman. not. Absolutely not. No, the nipples no, on the absolutely. suit. No, no. He's probably near the bottom of that list when it comes to Batman's. Oh. Not just, not just George Clooney, but George Clooney is Batman. Let's not get carried. George Clooney from dusk till dawn. Okay. Okay. I, I love Gecko his Brothers. character. I love his character, wow. Seth. Uh, or Seth was the other one. He was. Uh, was it Gordon? Was it? I don't remember what the name was. Um, I fail miserably now. I can't I remember miserably. what the first. Uh, I definitely don't I, think it was Gordon, but. No, uh, it, it was so. It was I it was something remember. that was uncommon. It was not com- it was way, not a common first name. Yeah, and I really like watch it watch it be Joe or something, and it's the yeah, most common like, like Jeff. Um, but I really liked his character in that um, that show because that guy had balls, and that guy was brave, and that guy while he was not a good dude, he his character was very forthcoming, very outspoken. Uh, I speak my mind. I speak my piece. You were right. Say what I want to say. Um, and and but also George Clooney from like Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, however many they made. 
those characters. And I just, and I like George Clooney as a human being because he's also a very intelligent person, a very kind and compassionate person. And so I use those three men as a, uh, uh, you know, as a template for the characteristics that I want to, to exude. And so I did. And, uh, you know, I rebuilt my character or rebuilt my persona, my, my personality and became very happy with myself because who I was before that was a very angry, hurt, uh, not nice human being. And I came to be really remorseful about who I was. And so, it kind of compelled me to, to do that. So I agree with what you said there about, you know, you, some comparisons can be healthy, right? Would, um, how far into the 18 months did you decide on those three people? Did you like have a whole list of people or did you journey through like a lot of darkness first to get to that point? In you know, the, yeah, in I, 18, I definitely, 18 months. I definitely went through some dark, dark times to get there. Um, it was probably, it was not a quick process. Uh, we're actually writing a book about it right now. My wife is is writing the book. She's co-authoring the book with me because um, I suck at writing. Uh, and she does the opposite of that. Hey, and hey, excuse so they, me. Hey, excuse me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I, 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 would, I, would, I would prefer if you wouldn't say that my friend sucks at anything and maybe just say that that's not your strongest your strongest uh, feature is writing. Well, well, your your friend is uh, not very good at writing. We'll call it that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, I'm, no, no, I'm just... I, I, I can get stuck in a pattern. If I say I suck about anything, I will say I suck about everything. And then I'll then I'll start like yeah, talking bad about that. myself that and is... everything spirals down. So yeah, you I, have to eliminate... I, I, self negative talk yeah right not yeah, that's exactly. a, that's actually a really big thing uh in mental health and uh so yeah i i had to go through this journey of self discovery and and acceptance and authenticity and you have to be honest with yourself right and when you're stuck in a box for a year and a half you, you you get to do that, right? Like you have to do that. There's, there's no escape. There's nowhere to go. And you don't have to, right? Like there are guys, I've done plenty of stints in the hole, you know, six, eight, nine months in the hole where I was just the same person, right? But it was the man across the hall from me, uh, a Muslim man who, he's the one that invoked that, that, that desire to change, right? Because at this point I was probably 27 years old and i would already been in prison for i don't know 10 years or so at that point and I, I was i was tired right i was tired of what the hell i had become what i was going through and he asked a couple of very provocative questions and they don't seem provocative but they are when you have time to think first question he asked me was why are you so angry and I mean, I spazzed out on this man because he used to call over, hey, white boy, hey, white boy, come talk to me. And so I'd spaz out on him. Why am I so angry? What the fuck kind of question is that? I'm angry because I'm in prison. I'm angry because my life sucks. I'm angry because you won't shut up. <laughs> you keep calling me. No, man, that's why, you, that's why you're mad. 
There's a difference between being mad and angry. Mad is on the surface. Anger is deep-rooted. What are you angry about? And I, I, I mean, it stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm like, well, shit, I guess I don't know. Um, and so I went and paced and paced and paced my ass off. Why am I angry? And I, it, it came you know, to the surface of just being honest with myself. I've been a victim my whole life, right? Second bomb. When I was five years old, I started getting molested. Uh, by my uncle. And over the course of the next five years, I was molested by four or five different men uh, constantly. Every week or two, I was some dude's plaything. And, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a real psychological toll on a child from that's five years old, six, seven, eight years old, that's just constantly being molested, right? And, and it's just it's just trauma that you have no idea why yeah. it's there. And, and because of that trauma, when I was seven years old, I, I acted out. Here comes the next bomb, right? Seven years old, I got arrested and convicted of a felony at seven for breaking into a church and stealing some like pudding cups and playing cards. And, and they charged me with a felony. And I fell in love with the attention from the police officers, right? Because these were men that didn't want to hurt me. These are the first men in my life that wanted what was good for me, were like disciplinarians, uh, and were, were, were good people. They weren't nice. They were, they were strict people that were, you know, you're a bad kid. Knock it off. You better straighten up, blah, blah, blah. But in my little victimized mind, I needed that, right? I needed some male authoritarian attention in my life and and so the only way to keep them around was to keep breaking the law and so i kept breaking the law and then you know i destroyed my whole family when i when i told my mother that my uncle was molesting me right we all used to have we used to have a big family cousins aunts uncles everybody goes to grandma's house for holidays we all you know eat big meals and, and celebrate christmases and, and thanksgivings and and then when I told them that my uncle had been molesting me, they didn't believe me. They thought I was lying. Yet the man was arrested, convicted, and sent to prison for 15 years, and it shattered my family. They all thought I was lying, right? And they're all, how do you think I'm lying? We went to, to court, and the man was convicted, right? Like, I didn't just make this shit up, right? Uh, and then, you know, some years later, it turns out, well, he molested most of the cousins and grandkids, and and now it's like, but in my young mind, keep your mouth shut because the threats that he had made to me when he first started molesting me, you know, don't say anything or I'll have to hurt you. I'll have to hurt your mom and I'll have to hurt our family. And, and I didn't want that to happen. So I didn't say anything. And then when I do say something, what he said was right. My whole family got shattered, right? My mom, my mother became a, a different person and became an angry woman and, and I didn't see grandma and grandpa as much anymore. And I never saw cousins and I never saw aunts and uncles. And I knew that everybody, I felt so much shame, right? That when her boyfriend, the next guy that decided to molest me, I didn't say anything, right? And it's not a secret in my little community. So these men know that this has, this has happened to me. And I think that's probably why they targeted me, right? And in my mind, I'm thinking... I must have a big freaking flashing neon sign that says molest me because mm -hmm. I mean, it happened so often and I never told on them. I never told on anybody, right? Because I saw what just happened when I told on my uncle, I, I'm not going to mm -hmm. do that. And, and so 
I'm stuck in this perpetual cycle of break the law, get into trouble because I like that attention. And then I'm getting my ass whooped constantly by my mother because they can't figure out why I'm such a bad kid. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I don't know why I'm bad. I don't know why I'm bad. I know why I'm bad, but I'm not saying it. And so when I was 16, they had had enough of me and they sent my ass to prison at 16. Next bomb. <laughs> When I'm 16 years old, judge is like, I'm done, sent me to prison. Uh, and so I went into full-blown prison. And in that first week, I was raped by two dudes. Uh, and that's the next bomb. Like, there's a lot of bombs here. And so that incident was the last time I was ever going to be victimized ever again. Right? I made that oath to myself in that moment, this will never happen again. Nothing is... I don't care what I have to do. And I think I lost my humanity in that moment. Um, I went out and I stabbed the hell out of one of them. And I found something powerful in that. And so being 16 and stabbing the hell out of this guy, the gang saw it. The gangs didn't know what happened. Nobody knew that I was raped, right? Like these two, they ran into the cell during chow time. Everybody went to chow. They ran in, had their way with me, uh, and then left. And then when the doors opened again, I ran out and just stabbed the crap out of the guy. So in the eyes of the gangs, they're like, dude, this kid's a gangster, bro. Like, and they came and they recruited me. They're like, yo, we want to put you down, bro. You're a gangster. All you got to do is go stab that guy. Fine. And I saw this path to protection for myself and empowerment. Mm -hmm. And I became a very violent gangbanger for five years. Uh, that's all I did. It was... I fell fully into prison culture. I was raised by wolves. I became this guy. It was all about working out, getting tattoos, gangbanging, getting money, and, and being violent. And then when I was 21, they opened the doors and were like, you're free. Go. No probation, no parole, nothing. Here's three condoms and 75 bucks. Good luck. And I was so far gone at that point in my life. Like, I'm 21 years old, and I'm literally... I have no compassion. I don't care about anything, anybody. And then you unleashed me to the world. And so I went out. I robbed somebody the first day I was out. I got into robbing drug dealers. It was a freaking easy money. Um, and I was violent. And, and, you know, I got a couple of girls pregnant real quick. I ran across the country like a chicken with my head cut off, breaking into shit, robbing, just being a just a stain on society. And uh, I got caught again back in Michigan in 2004 and when I was 23, and they sent me back to prison for 12 years. And uh, it was much the same until 2008. Uh, my brother decided that he was going to have an affair with the mother of my oldest child and took my kid from me, took her from me, and I was just left with nothing. That was all I had. And so I kind of lost my mind. Uh, and at the same time, you know, not long after that, somebody ran into my cell and stole all my stuff while I was at work. And so I, I beat the guy pretty bad. Uh, and that's when I went to the hole for 19 months. They took me to the hole and I mean, I'm covered in pepper spray and blood and they threw me in the cell and I'm sitting over there oh, steaming, you know, and I'm trying to uh, let the rage subside. And I hear him, Hey, white boy. Come talk to me. <laughs> man, fuck you, man. <laughs> I got up, bro. Shut up talking to me, man. I will kill you, bro. You do not know who you're messing with, my guy. Shut up talking to me. 
and he didn't stop. Hey, white boy, come talk to me. Come talk to me. Uh, and about a week later, uh, I went down and saw the security classification committee and they gave me five years in the hole. And they were like, yeah, you're going to be here for 60 months. So just go lay down. And uh, I came back and I was just, I was kind of relieved because being in the hole is a bit of a, a reprieve from the violence of being on the yard. You don't have to have a violent time in prison unless you choose to. Right. And I absolutely yeah. chose to. So this was a good reprieve. And I mean, I, I, mean, I, I sat in the hole and, and then loneliness starts kicking in. And what do you want to talk about, dude? Fine. What? What? <laughs> Why are you so angry? And I mean, it, that pissed me off when he asked me. That. <laughs> and so that led to me going down through that path. And the second question he ever asked me was, what are you passionate about? And I had no answer. And he's like, if you don't understand why you're angry and you have nothing that you're passionate about in life, you're literally wasting time. And, and you've got nothing but time. You've got five years to sit in that room over there. You might as well figure it out. And so over, we started writing, right? The man helped me to understand. I said I suck at writing, but, <laughs> and I kind of do, but I started to write essays and I started to write. And one of the most profound things the man ever taught me to do was to write my own obituary. And I wrote it mm. and he did not accept it. Uh, and it took me about a month and a half of rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. But at the end of it, the most profound thing happened. Profundity. <laughs> I had a blueprint for how I wanted my life to look. And I was like, but how do I become this guy? Right. The guy that I wrote about in, in my obituary, how do I become this guy? And I started to read. I started reading every self-help book. I started to feel remorse for the things that I did. I started to feel bad for the people that I've hurt I, because I was hurt and hurt people hurt people, right? And so that's the way that I, I dealt with my internal hurt was by hurting other people in a, in a way of protecting myself. And so I started to feel really bad and I went through ridiculous crying sessions and I went through depression and sadness and self-loathing and when you're at rock bottom stuck in a freaking box and there's nothing to there's nowhere to go right and it's like I have to get up I cannot allow what I've done or what's happened to me to hold me here anymore I have to get up and rebuild and so I'm going to rebuild myself right and I did I started to rebuild my personality and taking things from The Rock and Denzel Washington and and and, and uh, uh, George Clooney. And I'm like, okay, let me put these things together and rebuild myself. And I started to smile and I started to care. And I started to, I took an oath of nonviolence. I will never hurt somebody ever again. And I stuck to those guns, right? No matter what. And it, it, it was not an easy thing. And But I, I did such a good job at writing these essays that they started to give them to the administration in the prison. And they started to come and say, this is really profound stuff that you're writing. And it's really good. We're going to submit it if we can to the local library. And I won an award from the local library and they came in and they were like, we're going to give you any book from the library that you want. And so I started to get a lot of books on stoicism and philosophy and Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning is one of the most amazing books that I've ever read in my life. And I, I, I read this book and Victor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor who lost everything in his life and, and, and survived the Holocaust. Right. And he smiled through the whole thing and was kind and compassionate to everybody around him. And so 
I did. And that was it. I spent the rest of my time mentoring. I had to go through some crap when I got out. They actually let me out of the hole early. Uh, and uh, they they had me teach this class. They were like, would you read the, through the material and teach a class and we'll let you out of the hole? I said, absolutely. And so they put me in protective custody to teach this class. And And this was like one of the most amazing things that happened in this whole thing is the people I taught are 95% pedophiles. And I thought to myself, this is going to be a test. <laughs> right? right. Because it's like, how can you, how can you, how can you face the, these people who have victimized kids just like you were victimized and yeah. speak to them from an impartial place to instruct them to be better people when they, uh, they are morally bankrupt? Right. And I had to find a way to have compassion for them and empathy for them. And th that was not easy. That was that was difficult. Um, and I would like to think that I had an impact on their lives to the point that they realize what they do is wrong and they don't do it anymore because pedophiles get an easy run. Right. <laughs> you get two to four years, two to five years, and you don't have to do a whole lot of time in prison for destroying a child's life. And and so I, I felt maybe I could change the way that they think and that maybe they would go out and be good people. And so getting through that, once I was released, now you've got the, the, the gang came back at me like, oh, what's up, bro? You're back. Here's your knife. And like, no, I don't need it, man. Keep it. I'm done. I don't, I'm not going to gangbang. Well, they don't like that. Well, you can't just quit. Well, I am. I'm not going to do it anymore. And you were in protective custody now. So we're now, now we're finding that out. And, it just it went downhill for about a year. I was constantly jumped. I've got scars on my head from being beat in the chow hall. From, I mean, I got I got stabbed twice. I got a big nasty scar here. I got a big nasty scar in the back of my leg. Uh, they stabbed me. They beat me. And but eventually I won. Right. Eventually, kindness and and compassion won, and they left me alone. Right. And so. I spent the rest of my time mentoring guys. I dropped my level and then I got out in 2016, about six and a half years ago, almost seven years ago now. Uh, and I have dedicated my life to helping people and, and making that change. It hasn't been, you know, I haven't been perfect. You know, I've made my mistakes, you know, but I, you know, I'm experiencing life kind of for the first time as a, as a, a normal human being. And, and so I make mistakes, but I own my shit. And I think that's, one of the most important things that you can do for self-help and self-recovery uh, is in mental health is to own your shit, right? Everybody makes mistakes. You can't beat yourself up for it's not Rocky said it best. It's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get up, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the story in a nutshell <laughs> of me. Yeah, man, you, you've you you've kind of paid in pain. You've paid dues, and and and, and it goes back to uh, kind of that positive comparisons or compare days. Compare days. The it was like, it's like, I'm thinking maybe that's why we. Uh, I'm thinking maybe that's why we're in each other's lives right now because, I'm you know I, I'm. I'm thinking maybe I need to hear something that makes me compare compare myself and go, hey man, things aren't as bad as your uh, you know your 
the patterns, the self, the self victimization. Sure. Of going like, and, and I mean, everybody's got their own stories. Everybody's Thanks. got everybody. Then this is, this is, a, this is the thing I say on stage when I say like, can we please agree to stop comparing ourselves in a way to other people who are living, who are showing you a billboard. You're comparing yourself to a billboard version of themselves. They're not showing right. you who they truly are or what their struggles actually are. You're just seeing what they've got that you're jealous of. And, and it, and you're, you're, you're crapping on yourself in doing that. The, the way, yeah. I, the way I look at it, like, um, you know, you know, birds, right? Birds. Some of them still get hit by cars. They got oh, the birds. whole sky. <laughs> birds. They got the whole sky. Not everybody's got it all figured out. Right. Like Facts. we're, we're, we're going to, you know, some, some of us are birds who are going to get still hit by cars. That's a very good analogy, man. I've never thought about that. That's very good. Actually, you have the entire sky and yet you still get hit by cars. That's fantastic. I might use that, Corey Castle. Please, please do. <laughs> That's really good. Please do. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, I think, and I think that there's a danger in, in like what social media does to people, right? Like it's, you you see it all the time when you go through and and people are comparing themselves to billboard versions of what other people put out and they think that that is authenticism, right? They think that that's who people really are. And not knowing that everybody has trauma, right? Everybody has experienced some level of trauma. My trauma is not any worse or better than anybody else's trauma. Trauma is trauma, right? Yeah, and we're not competing it, over any of that. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's we no... Sh there we shouldn't is. compare as people. Right. Trauma it's not a others. competition for who's been hurt the most, right? Pain is pain. And the biggest loser, the biggest hurt loser. Right. It's a new yeah, reality it, it, series. It, it, yeah, and I think I think that right now, especially in our society, there is this big emphasis on victimization, right? There's this big emphasis on I'm offended, I've been hurt, uh, and I need so much recognition and validation for the hurt that I've endured, and I need the world to validate that hurt. And it's psychologically damning, damaging to do that right because that's not proper healing right by people coming in and be like oh my god you poor thing oh my god i can't believe that happened i'm so sorry for you that's not going to heal your pain <laughs> that's not going to heal the trauma that right. that's not right. even a band-aid right that's just somebody saying i'm sorry for something right. they had nothing to do with and and right. their apologies and that doesn't do anything for my pain, right? Sending me prayers does nothing. Right? <laughs> Sending me hugs does nothing. That's internal work that has to start with yourself, right? You have to learn to let go because past pain and past trauma cannot hurt you unless you allow it to, unless you choose to let it because it's not happening right now. And if you can just live right here, right now in this moment and realize it's not happening right now. Uh, yeah, nothing, you know, nothing anyone, I'm sorry, nothing anyone can do can unring the bell. You can't Fact. unring the bell. You can't unring the bell of my trauma. Uh, the, right. the, um, 
I, I was I was in a conversation with the girl and uh, I said something that she didn't like. And she said, take that back. I'm like, what's that going to do? What's it going to do? You heard me say the thing. What is me taking it back going to do? Are you That's 12? what I said. Right. right. I can't take uh, it back. There is no take back. What, what is taking what is taking it back gonna do? Like, yeah. okay, well, I okay, let's pretend I didn't just say that, but you know I did, and I know I did. Uh, I take it back. Does that make you uh, feel well, better? <laughs> here it is. It doesn't I'm change it. 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 No, it doesn't change a dang thing. Not one single second. No. And the sad thing is in today's society, they will go back and attack you for something you said 10 years ago. Oh man. And it's like, hey, dude, I, I was 10 years ago, man. I was terrible. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be my friend 10 years ago. I wouldn't want to know me 10 years ago, but that yeah. 10 years ago version of me uh, to see me now and to talk to me now would be inspired and want to be more like what I am now. So why would yeah. somebody see something I wrote 10 years ago and hold me over fire for it? Because I'm not the guy that needs to be punished for that. That guy back there needs to be punished for that. Like and the, the hypocrisy of it is, is, is astonishing, right? Because these people will come out and, and ridicule you for something you said or did 10 years ago. But what did they do 10 years ago? Right. You yeah. haven't walked a sainthood life. Right. right. Just because somebody might not know about something that you've done doesn't mean you didn't do it. Right. And so right. I don't understand how some people sleep at night, spending their days bashing and ridiculing people when your life was pretty, pretty bad. Right. Like I have my youngest son's mother now. Uh, she's a big YouTuber. Um, she's got like almost 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. And literally has built this whole thing on a fake facade, right? And and of getting people to feel sorry for her. And, and she's constantly bashing on trans people, gay people. She's like this super pro-Trump, pro-conservative, pro-Republican. And that's not who you were five years ago. <laughs> you were not that person before I left. Right. That's not who I was with. And and that those kind of people are so damaging. Right. Because you influence people. People listen to you. People take what you say and, and act upon it. And you're going to mm -hmm. get somebody hurt. Right. And that's the, the craziest part. When you put out hate speech and hateful thoughts and hateful things, somebody that watches you is going to ingest that and might hurt somebody. Right. And, they're, and, and they're that put action, they're put action to to the right? negativity the worst of the worst. Right. When you when mm -hmm. you accuse like a drag queen of of grooming kids, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Right. Like drag has been a thing for hundreds of years. Right. They in England, they I, I forget what they call it, but in England, they've had drag shows for the longest time. Nobody went back and tried to cancel the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody tried to cancel that, and that sure as hell didn't groom kids. But all of a sudden, now, let's attack every transgender person, every gay person, every drag queen, and, and accuse you of grooming my kids. So what that says to me, 
from a from an independent standpoint is that you are putting your child under their influence. You're not raising your kids. You're not watching your children. You're putting them under somebody else's influence because that's the only way that that person in another freaking country can groom your child is if you sit your child in front of that person's content and say, watch closely. <laughs> right? How, right. There's, how is that a there's, thing? There's got, there's got to be proactive parenting happening. But I, pe Facts. people are so used... People are so used to um, the screens racing their kids. Uh, they want to. They want to. They want to. They want to appear righteous. They want to right. appear to have uh, some sort of like, oh, this is an outrage. This is ridiculous. And it's like, no, it's just, just pay attention to what your kid, your kids are doing. Tend to That's your it. garden. Tend That's to it. your garden. Uh, I just had this conversation the other day with my friend Lou, and and it was like. He was he was telling me about some interactions he was having with these the, these people in his like Facebook comments. And he's like, and then I said this and then she said that. And then I said this and he said that. And then I responded with this. And I was like, you understand that these people that you're talking to are probably doing this to 100 other people. And you're just one of 100 people that they're like they're It's it's like you're taking it way too personally because it's you and it's only right. you, but to right. them, you're one of a thousand people that they're going through this thing with. And that that's kind of the same thing with, you know, the, the, these, these people who are, are afraid. And it's, it's like, it's like and then another, no, another no, part no. of the conversation I was having was like, like my, I dude, I, I've been going to the pride parades. My, I have a lesbian mom. My, my, my brother's gay. My sister's a lesbian. Like I, I'm sort of an ally in, in the community. A my huge ally. My, <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend's sister is a trans girl and her uncle is a, a trans man. And, and I, I love these people. Like they're, they're, they're like they're family. Human so, beings. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think a, a big thing that most people don't do is people who want to judge drag queens or LGBT or trans people or, you know, people want to judge them quickly, having no relation with anybody like that in their life, not loving somebody because the and this is this is a hard line my mom taught me when I was a kid. And I don't know if she even said the words, but the, the intention was here. There's a there's a humongous difference between tolerance and acceptance. Don't tolerate people, accept people. Thanks. And, and I, I I look at that as far as like I I ex I hope and I expect for you to accept me, not tolerate yeah. me, not listen to every word I say, and then wait for something to hurt your feelings. I want you to just accept that this is this is this is here uh, for us to learn off of each other. We're we're yeah, all free. We're all free. We all want to be heard. We all want to be seen. We all want to be loved. Yeah, and I think most most people, I, I I'd say most, and it's sad to say most people, but it's a huge majority of people are living their lives waiting to be offended, right? Like mm -hmm. because that gives them something of substance that they can complain about and join the herd. Right, because the the majority of people are that's what they do. They they complain, right? They're a bunch of whinging palms, as they would say in England. Like you're just complaining about your life instead of fixing it. 
instead of taking what momento more, man. That's what the Stoic says. Uh, if you were to die tomorrow, was this how you wanted to live your last day? Is this how you want to spend the last day of your life doing whatever it is you're doing today, right? And so I wake up that I wake up, and and I read Stoic uh, book every morning. I have a it's a great book called The Daily Stoic, and it's it's just it's it's refreshing because what you ingest is how your day is going to go. If you own your mornings, you'll own your day. And so every morning, I, I'm very ritualistic about it. Uh, I go out, I sit on my deck, and I just soak in the sun for ten minutes, man, and I just I'm grateful to be able to breathe, to be able to have fresh air, to have the sun on my face. So I just sit in quiet gratitude for 10 minutes. And then I read my daily stoic. And that's how I start my day. Like if, if this is going to be my last day on earth, I want to do the things that I'm going to be remembered for. Right. And so, and that's how I attack every single day. And that helps me to keep kindness and compassion at the forefront of my thoughts and it navigates my day, right? It, it, it is my, it's the captain of my ship, kindness and compassion. And I go at it like that every day. And, and I have such a fulfilling life, right? It, it's, it's such a fulfilling thing, right? I now I own a cat cafe. I'm a professional photographer. I just shot RuPaul's new event last night. And it was just amazing to see all these people. I mean, there's tons of people here celebrating happiness and love and kindness. And I just don't understand why anybody would have a problem with that. <laughs> right? Like, That's I don't understand the, the, the hateful mindset. And it's crazy because I used to be such a hateful guy. And I look back and I still can't, I, I still can't empathize with it. I still can't understand why. I don't know why I was such a hateful person. I do. I, I know why I was such a hateful person because I was literally just projecting my own pain. The well, world. Yeah, you, you, you were, you were, uh, <clears throat> you were ill, you were ill-equipped to deal with the circumstances that, that uh, found them in, found themselves in your life. Facts. And how could you be equipped? You're six years old. Like, yeah, right. no, no I child mean, is ready to handle that. Right. So, and but it doesn't uh, excuse a lifetime of of <clears throat> horrible behavior. Unfortunately, I it took a long time for me to, to come across it. And so that's kind of my goal in life is to try to reach people that may be going through a similar circumstance and help them get better quicker. So you don't have to live a life of pain and, and suffering and hurt. And, and you don't have to hurt other people because nothing is more fulfilling than living a life of kindness and love. I literally get to smile every day and shake hands and hug people. And, and my life has done a complete 360. Like I'm great friends with the chief of police and the freaking city manager. And I have such great friends in my life that I never would have before. Right. Like, and it's because of kindness and love, right. That's, that's literally all you need. And it takes just as much energy to be kind and nice and loving as it does to be hateful and hurtful and mean, right? And the payout is so much better, right? Even if you want to look at it from a selfish standpoint, the payout of being nice and kind is so much better than being hateful, right? Because you, you are what you put out to the world, right? So if you put out hate and misery and, and anger, your life is going to be mad 
angry, sad, filled with bullshit, your life is not going to be good, right? But if you put out kindness and compassion, and it's not, it's not a hard-lined guarantee that if you're a hateful, mean person, your life's going to suck because you have the Donald Trumps of the world, you have the Hitlers of the world, and they were horrible, horrible people, and they had great lives, right? But I also believe that people like that have to exist for us to learn right they are they are are it's they're like a muse for us to learn from right you learn hitler taught the world how to care right because he did such horrible things to human beings that it it it, it invoked a mass caring in the world right people gave a shit about that yeah and, and it was it was it was an expensive lesson that we had it learn. was a very expensive lesson and it was As a necessary people. evil right that that happened and it's happened all throughout history but we we tend to erase history right we tend to to, mm -hmm. to take it away i was having a conversation with a kid the other day and he's actually a kid that's that's working on my social media uh for our upcoming book and I said, it's like Malcolm X. And he doesn't know who Malcolm X is. How do you not know who Malcolm X is? <laughs> right? You're 25. How do you not know who Malcolm X is? And it's because our culture now is so filled with, with trying to one-up each other and trying to, to be uh, proper and not offend anybody that we're, we're not teaching people about profound human beings that have have influenced the world like gandhi and and uh, there's just so many people and we we lose that and i was just shocked by the fact that you don't know who malcolm x is <laughs> I, I, I think it has to do with it has to do with modern propaganda so fact. i think i i think it has to do with the fact that, that we'd rather erase history than learn from it so that's why Aunt Jemima's fired, Uncle Ben is fired. Like, and, and like, you know, these 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 were historic. These these brands, these brands, these these, these are historic things. And now you're just making them go away. If there's if there's and, and I don't understand that. These are people that came from oppression and arose above their station. They overcame and built something for themselves and their children. And and we're erasing it, right? Taking away these icons isn't taking away slavery. Slavery Facts. happened, and we need we need to know it happened. Like right. we don't need to, we don't need to put like horse blinders on to to oppression that had that happened. And it's it's it, they they turned their heads to the fact that it's happening now. Right? There are right. child there there are child slaves. There are humans trafficking slaves there are are there's there's rape on massive levels that happens around this world there there's kids that are raised in cages like you find them every once in a while you see a news story pop out 12 year old boy found in a house and this kid was raised in a dog kennel and beat his whole life and you you're offended because there's a drag queen out there performing right i think i think I think it's a Joe Rogan thing that he talks about pretty often when he says you're 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 tweeting about how outraged you are about these things uh, 
on on a phone that the battery was built by uh, slaves in the Congo, the lithium right. ion mines. They have babies right. strapped to their backs, breathing in, right. inhaling all this all this rubble, at, like people that wear diamond earrings and and they don't give a shit where it comes from right there are literally for your diamonds and your 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 emeralds and your rubies people died to get that so that you could have a nice necklace and yet it's like you're cherry picking hypocrisy right and while you're on your phone while you're on your phone complaining and yelling about the drag queen or whatever else you're rocking all the things that were that came from treachery right and it's 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 the absent-mindedness of it just blows my mind so one of the staples that my wife and i have for our cat cafe everything that we do every product that we have in there we we go in deep depth to see where it came from right the genesis of the product so we work with lgbtq owned companies veteran owned companies uh, we, our coffee roaster is such a magnanimous human being. He's amazing. He flies to every farm that he sources his beans from and ensures the ethical treatment of all employees from that farm before he works with them. So we know that every single product that we have in our establishment comes from fair trade, fair treatment, ethical sources, because I, I yeah. all you got to do is think about the stuff that you have, right? And and just think about it for a minute. And if it if it hurts somebody, don't support it. I I say this a lot, and and please feel free to use this. Uh, and you know, if you give if you give if you say my name and you give me credit for it, cool. If not, I don't care. But I always say that we are the bait that we bite into. Ooh, I like it, Corey Castle so, quote. Bing. <laughs> Like, so almost everything nowadays is designed to get your clicks. Everything is <clears> clickbait. <throat> uh, and then sometimes cl- everything is out like some outrage bait or some sort of some like, and if you're consuming stuff that, that, it, that aligns with that, be that bait. Uh, we are, we are for sure. Like you don't have to, you don't have to reach for every dangling carrot. Some right. some car- some carrots that dangle, you just go up. Oh, there's a carrot. Yep. Not all. And you don't have per- to bite everything that dangles in front of your face. And that everybody, everybody who's gonna have a problem with you has a problem with everybody else. Uh, I, I, yes. I, I've, I've, I've learned from a young age. My mom has said to me, like back when I was, when I was a kid, I was, I was. Uh, you know, I I had to wear an eye patch in school, and like I used to I used to get bullied a lot. I was in special ed, and my mom would be like, "Whoever's saying this to you, consider the source. Think about where it's coming from. Who is saying it to you, and how do you threaten them? Or or yeah. maybe or maybe like, what is their life like? Do they have a parent that loves them? Because you have one that loves you. These people yeah. have two, and they probably don't show them the attention and the love that they need." And, and yeah. then I, 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 you know, more and more now that I think about it, it, it makes me 
makes me so grateful that my mom taught me that lesson when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't like, you know, it, it didn't take away that it, it hurt. It didn't take sure. away that I, I, I still felt my feelings. She didn't invalidate my feelings, but she, she taught me a different way to look Give at me it. some perspective. Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, but, I endured tremendously horrible bullying, right? Like I went through a lot. I was, you know, a very introverted kid who had an extroverted personality. And so that dichotomy that was going on inside of me, <clears throat> wanting to be extroverted, wanting to have friends and, and be nice, or, or you know, to, to be funny. I always wanted to be funny. I was, I was always trying to make people laugh and very extroverted. And I loved music and I was always trying to, to just perform and, and, and whatnot. And that put a target on my back because I had such low self-esteem because of what was happening to me. I, I thought that if I had poor hygiene, if I stunk, if I had bad clothes, people wouldn't want to hurt me, right? Because that's all I was knowing most of my childhood was people wanting to touch me. And so I did my best to be a repellent. And that is, it has the exact opposite effect when it comes to bullies, right? So I'm getting... Mm -hmm beat and thrown into lockers thrown into trash cans just getting whooped on all the time i had my nose broken by a, a, a his name was troy uh he was probably 16 or something he was in high school i was probably 10 11 and he just broke my nose punched me right in my broke the shit out of my nose right on the school bus and it just enduring that kind of stuff it, it's traumatic for a child right and again not invalidating your feelings the, the fact that you know my mother said much of the same things as well like consider who's saying it you know it's it's they're just doing it because they're hurt at home well that didn't stop the hurt and it didn't stop the pain but it does give perspective and as older now looking back it's like okay i endured that and and i would hope that i could help teach somebody who might be able to reach their kids because bullies come from bullies aren't just naturally bullies. Nobody's inherently a bully, right? We all come from love at some point it's broken and we don't know how to, to deal with it. And so a lot of kids that are bullies come from homes where parents hate their jobs, right? And, and they, they come home. There's a study that showed that parents that w work 12, t 10 to 12 hours a day have better kids. Right. And it's because they, they, they work hard and, and they're not there. Parents that hate their jobs tend to have bullies as kids because they come home and they take it out on their family. Right. They, they don't know how to leave it at home. They come home mad, angry, pissed off at the day, pissed off at their job, mad about it. And then the kids, take that in right and then they lash out when they when they go to school and mm -hmm. it, it's just it's it's sad right and so i think it's incumbent upon human beings to teach right if if you you can't just sit silently by the sidelines that's that's just as bad as doing bad stuff right not doing something is just as bad as doing something bad right and nobody, so nobody scores from the sidelines right we we have to teach, man. We have to go out and we got to use our voices. I believe that our voice, our voice is the one thing that separates us from every other living thing on the planet. 
we're the only we're we're the ones that have voices for a reason, right? We have these these things for a reason because the more you talk about your trauma, the more you talk about your pain, the easier it gets to talk about it. And that's called processing and that's healing, right? A lot of people that suffer from prolonged depression and prolonged self-loathing, it's because you don't talk about it. So all you talk about is how sad you are. You don't talk about the genesis of your sadness. And if you if you were to speak it more, not only do does it become easier for you to speak because you're healing, it's the process of healing, but people that hear it also benefit from it because they have trauma in their lives. And hearing you speak about it makes them more apt to speak about it. Right. It right? normalizes it. Normalizes it. Right. And so we, we need to stop ridiculing people for expressing their trauma and, and celebrate that. Right. I, I, uh, I think if anything I had to say that was like any kind of major takeaway from any kind of conversation I have with anyone ever, it, it is always that, that thing that my mother taught me about consider the source, consider sure consider exactly where it's coming from, who it's coming from and why. Uh, yeah. I, it makes I you, was saying. It makes it you makes nicer you to the people that are doing it. Right. <laughs> like, like right. if you see somebody that's being an asshole to you, it's easier to be like, it's okay, man. I understand. Yeah. You just, you, you're hurt. I, you're angry. You, and you I don't, don't need to apologize. Yeah. You don't have to apologize for me to forgive you. I forgive you already. Yep. I, I forgive I, you anyway, I, I, man. I, 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 I've been, I've been hurt too. I get it. Yep. I get it. Uh, and you might not get I, it I was, now, but you will someday. Hopefully. I was saying also to my friend Lou the other day about, uh, you know, I, I've been in this pro wrestling game, uh, try, you know, working hard for a really long time. And at this point I would say in September, it's coming up on, uh, 21 years that I've been in the wrestling business in the professional wrestling wow. business. Uh, and, uh, I would say, ask about me, ask around about me in the business uh, and ask about my reputation. Anybody who has a problem with me is also somebody who has a problem with everybody. No one, right. no one who has a problem with me doesn't already have a problem with fucking everybody, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and that's, it, it's not an egotistical thing, but if you don't, right. if you have a problem with me, it's not me. Right, right. The, the common I'm, denominator is you. I'm a nice guy, man. I literally live my life nicely and kindly, and, and you know. So if you have a problem with me, I'm sorry for whatever it is that you perceive that I've done to you that makes you have that. But if you break it down, I probably didn't do anything that bad to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. I. I we can all grow from it, from all of that. Like, so if, if, if hearing me say your problem with me is your problem with you, like I'm not the only one who you probably have this problem with. Let's, let's kind of break it down. Let's, let's yeah. grow from it. Let's evolve through it. Like that's, that's kind of my whole brand. I think. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, yeah. And that's, is, it's, that's how people should live their lives, right? Because it's you never know who's watching you, right? 
I don't care if I put out a video and it gets three views, right? One of those three viewers might be going through some shit in their lives and they needed it, right? And if, if you can change one person's life, it's worth it. That every human life is so valuable, right? Every living person is valuable, right? You, you are necessary to the earth. You provide something to the earth, even if it doesn't look like or you don't think you do, you provide something, right? Your life is valuable and every single life is worth saving. I always, I always say now, now what this is going to be episode 295 of Whoop. evolving with Corey Castle. Uh, I've been saying it for about 294 episodes, uh, how important it is uh, for me to do this for me. Right. So uh, in sure. my, in my, in my mind, um, I'm, I'm having these conversations with people and I'm, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking my mind. I'm, I'm talking into a microphone, uh, giving my my methods that work for me and uh, and and who knows who hears any of those things. Uh, and what if nobody hears it? No, if nobody hears, nobody hears it at all. But then because because this stuff, the Internet People don't people bring up shit you did 10 years ago to try to cancel you for it. I hope 10 years from now, somebody brings up this kind of stuff and like gets some value out of it. If one right. person changes their perspective, uh, inspire somebody else, take somebody, take something I said. So just like I said, if you if you use this, apply it, you don't have to even give me credit for it, because if this helped your life some. I'll feel like maybe that's what I'm put on this planet for. Maybe 100%. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm on this earth. And, you know, it could be 10 years after I died, you know, like, if, and, if, and I know it, it goes against your toleration thing, but Epictetus famously said, and Epictetus was a, a stoic philosopher. And he said that we are all born for the sake of each other, either teach or tolerate. And I think it was such a profound statement because you need to do one of those two things. And I think in that instance, toleration is acceptance, right? And well, it's, well, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's there to learn you something. Right. You gotta, and so you, if you're not going to be a teacher, accept people, be tolerant, understand that, that the world is not all about you. Right? And, and whatever somebody does in their personal life has no bearing on you at all. No bearing on you whatsoever. And if it has a bearing on your children, then you're not being a very good parent. Like you said earlier, tend your own garden, man. <laughs> if, right? Don't stop giving a, a phone or a tablet to your, your nine-year-old uh, and be a parent, right? Be present. Stop looking for a cheap, easy babysitter and be present. That's I one mean, of unless, unless that you I show hope... your kid... On YouTube, episodes of Evolving with Corey Castle, and that's it. Go right ahead. I Go totally right support ahead. that. I, uh, I, you know, I have a, a five-year-old right now that I haven't seen since he was two, and uh, I probably won't see him for a while because his mother is uh, just such a treacherous person, right? She's so filled with hate uh, that she won't, you know, I don't get, and I've spent $20,000 in lawyers and and legal fees over the last year, just trying to see my kid. 
and I'm it, it's my sincere hope that all of these things that I put out, all these podcasts, all the videos, the books that I write, the, the everything that I do, that when he grows up, he can go back and look and say, my dad was not a piece of shit. <laughs> he was not somebody that abandoned me. He was not somebody that didn't care about me, you know? Uh, parental alienation is such a seriously, seriously poisoning and damaging thing when one parent doesn't let the other parent see their kid. And it's not just women that do it to dudes. It's dudes that do it to women. It's, it's, it's a sad thing because you, you don't care about the child. The child should have both parents. No matter what, I don't care what your feelings are about the other parent. My my middle son, who just graduated high school uh, last week, and he's off to the Marines here. His mother and I, we've gotten along most of the time. Uh, but as last four or five months, we just haven't. And, and it's, but we don't allow that to affect the relationship with the child, right? She has never once tried to poison him against me or keep him from me. None of that. Even if we dislike each other or dislike what the other person's doing. And, and then again, for, for you, if you ever watch this, it's your goddamn fault, not mine. If you don't like me, it's your fault. My, my mom was in therapy when I was a kid and uh, her, her therapist, her therapist told her that she had to let us see for ourselves what our father was like so she couldn't keep him from us so that we could see what he was truly like and i i had this i had this like kind of breakthrough the other day like while while we were while we were live on the on the on uh, the sunday stew pot i was like um i think that 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 snowballed disappointment having having expectations of like what having it having two parents would be like and you know what having a, a male role model in my life was going to be like it it totally upset that and it was not what i thought was going to happen it was yeah, yeah. and and then since then every job i've ever had has been self-sabotaged and i've lost it every 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 big opportunity that i swore was coming and i expectations like crazy uh didn't didn't just didn't happen for me and and i'm now i'm now trying to reprogram my my heart uh to to ignore the pattern of self-sabotage because of expectations being unrealistic yeah self-sabotaging is it's a thing you know if you don't get it under control it it can deteriorate you right like it can listen, really listen all of y'all it's a sabotage listen all y'all it's a sabotage i didn't know my father most of my life i saw him like three times uh i called him when i was got sent to prison from the county jail i don't know i don't even remember how i had his number or how i knew it but it did and i called him dad i'm going to prison good luck thanks it's all I needed to hear. <laughs> and uh, when's the last time I spoke to him until six months ago? I My wife actually found him on Facebook. She was perusing through Facebook. And she's like, 
I think I found your dad. Like, wow, I haven't seen this dude in 30 years, almost. And I look, no mistake, and that's my father, 100%. I just, I can tell immediately by the picture. And I immediately reached out on Facebook, and I'm like, yo. <laughs> and he responded, and it was like, and now we have a, a decent relationship. Like, I, I, I can call my father and talk to him, and I can... I can send a message and there's no point in being spiteful, right? Like, I don't know what the hell he went through. And, and I never, I haven't asked and I still haven't asked. I don't know that I, I, I don't need to know, right? It's not going to change the fact that you weren't there. And I'm just grateful that I have the ability to reach out and say hi to my father, right? And I, you know, I don't know what the hell he went through in his life that compelled him to not be there. For us, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the path that I've walked in my life, I'm happy. I'm very happy with who I am. I'm very happy with the place I am in life, and you not being there didn't affect that at all. And and again, I think a lot of people look for excuses to to validate their shortcomings, right? Like I'm 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 unhappy because my father was never there. That doesn't give you an excuse to be a dick. <laughs> well, you, you know, look, real quick, I'm gonna, I guess this will circle back a little bit. When you when you talked about like Hitler and Trump and all that stuff and you were like, those people need to be those people so that I can be me. Uh, the 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 shit about about my father, that that all that stuff. I needed that. I, I fully sure. forgive you without you ever apologizing because if you hadn't left, I wouldn't be who I am now, and I I couldn't imagine me being anybody else. So and that, like, that's the that's the thing I about have... life, and, and and so another Stoic philosophy is amor fati, and that is basically love the process, right? If every single thing that ever happened in our lives had not happened we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't be here, right? And I'm so thoroughly happy and grateful for who I am and the life that I have that I would relive every single thing that has ever happened to me twice. <laughs> I would do it all again because it's made me who I am. Your life has made you who you are. Everybody's life has made them who everything happened because it was supposed to, right? And it, it, it defined us. It defined who I am. It defined who you are. And if you're happy with who you are, why would you want to go back and change anything? You know, they, a lot of people are, what, what would you go back and change about your life? Nothing. Nothing. I would endure it all again because I'm so happy and blessed and grateful for the life that I have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. The, 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 there's a segment I do here on the show uh, where I call I call it uh, audio time travel. Now I I, I call I named it that when the show was audio only. Now this is video. This it's video oh, okay. and audio. This 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 media is outliving us, right? So yeah, uh, I I just say I like to say a lot of things on the record, right? So that the like so that it's important. If you hear this back, like in a year or something, you can you can put a uh, you can put a timeline on. You can put a time capsule on who you were 
when this conversation happened. So before before I get into the audio time travel, I just want to say on the record how excited I am that uh, we're friends now. And this is just the beginning. And I, I can't wait to see where this goes. I can't wait to come watch you wrestle. I got to do it. <laughs> Mark so, my words. That's going to happen. Uh, I'm uh, marked. 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 Mark, and it's on video, so I can't get away from it. So actually, you actually have evidence of. Remember this? I'm retiring tomorrow, so you better get your ass out of here. So, so going into that, saying like, oh, uh, you know, that whole thing about like, would you be happy with how you live today if tomorrow was your last day? Uh, you were saying you were saying that, uh, and right. that hit me. That hit me, Memento especially Mori, when it comes. When it comes to um, uh, the if if somebody stumbles across this this media this this episode of this podcast, somebody happens to stumble across it in twenty years, let's say twenty forty three, someone stumbles across it. The people who love you the most stumble across it, and right now, the next things you say are going directly to those ears. So it's the future right now. You're speaking to the future your kids 2043 yes so what whatever you say next it is 2043 and you're speaking to the people who love you the most or maybe even yourself maybe you've stumbled across this but yeah, there's a there's a chance there's a there's a chance you might not be here to hear this so yeah. what are you saying to the people who love you who are discovering what what dad's like, what Sonny's like uh, right when now. this baby this- hit 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> so, so, so you make reference to a movie that's already 30 years old. So 20 right. years from now. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. No, uh, I, I would 100% say it's as relevant now in 2043 as it is in 2023 as it is in 1993 as it was in 1893 love is everything love and kindness be kind be loving that's all you need in this lifetime is love and kindness don't ever forget that Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what I would say to everybody. I want anybody to know that just be kind and love your heart has an infinite capacity to love, right? Do it, give it away. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Just shower the world with love and kindness, man. Profound indeed. Mm. Yeah. I wish I had a beard like you, man. <laughs> I could just rub it. And a big, big mustache. I could just rub it. Well, um, is there, since, you know, I'm saying on this on the record stuff. Since, on the record. Like, like I was saying, this is still the beginning. Is there any statements or questions that you might have for me personally that you want? on this episode 
I mean, we could totally spiral this from guest to host, man. Because uh, again, I've hosted a that's lot of podcasts, and you're that's, that's, I'm kind of throwing the microphone right for you to start interviewing me for a minute. I just I just took the microphone, so let me let me take this over here. Um, I think you are a very unique individual, and I want to know how that that happened, right? Like I I want to know what compelled you to to evolve and what 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 was the premise for you wanting to put out this type of content this type of media and and where did your interest start from wanting to help people evolve how did that happen because it just doesn't happen right there's a catalyst for everything (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah um well I, I was listening to a lot of shows that inspired me. I wanted uh, I wanted to have something that I'd want to hear. If I wasn't me, I'd want to hear the kind of conversations that I want to have with people on this show. So, like, uh, I, I look at my own life all the time, and I go, if I wasn't me, I'd want to be me so bad. And I don't mean that in a in a conceited way. I mean that as humble sure. as possible, because when I was a kid, if if I could see it a, a window into the future, and I looked like this, I'd be so I I look my life looked like this, and I was pursuing my dreams, and I was helping people at the same time. That that I I'd feel like like why why not do it? So. Back right. back in the day, um, so this this is this is my third podcast. So in 2012, I had a podcast with my friends. We did like a comedy podcast, and then that that grew into like a pro wrestling podcast. So we would talk about wrestling. So it would be a wrestle talk show, and we only had one hour. We had studio space every Friday to do one hour. And we only talk about wrestling. But I was also listening to tons of podcasts that I really liked. Like I was really into podcasting while we were doing that. And I remember being like at the end of each week, there would be a whole lot of stuff I'd want to say about myself personally that I couldn't share because it was too off topic or it was just. So I I wanted to start my own thing, not because I wanted to like uh, – do something more than without those guys. I just wanted to have my own thing where it's, it's something that, that shows, shows a growth. Like if I, I kind of, I kind of wish that I had this back in like, like 2001. Like I wish that this has gone back even further back. So I've been, I started it in 2017 and it was like, all right, so I have not really been too vulnerable with people, and not a whole lot of people actually know who I really am. And this could give somebody the opportunity to kind of like understand me a little bit more, and it would help me yeah. understand me a little bit more because this is like therapy to me. I'll have sure. breakthroughs on here. I'll get emotional on here, and this is that's 100%. something I that's something I'd want to hear if I wasn't me. So. I, I, I want to put some some value into the world by using my voice. And I, I, I was saying it for a really I was saying it for a really long time. And it, I think probably 
probably 2009 or 10 or something like that, I started writing an autobiography. I started writing a book about my life. And, um, and I was like, oh, I'll just wait to put it out because I'm not like famous or anything yet. Like people don't, you know, people won't, people won't start reading a book if they don't know who the person is giving them an autobiography. Right. Like, right. So I, so I was like, you know what? I, I don't know if I really like the idea of writing an autobiography. Cause what if I write a thing that I believed in 2010 that I don't believe anymore, like in 2020. So I, I thought about, I thought about Wayne's world. Remember Wayne's world when, when he, of course. Was, like, he was like, what if you had a weekly show where you could update the people about new products and new games that you haven't know as arcade. And I was like, okay, well podcasting, like, this is the new, this is the new literate. This is like new liter, liter. What is the work? What I'm trying to say? Literature. Uh, literature. Yes. This. Yeah. This is. This is like. It's like I'm writing a new book every week. Uh, yeah. And and uh, and I, I'll I'll still I'll still write a book, but I'll have a whole chapter about. Hey, if I say anything in here that you don't agree with, there's a good chance I don't agree with it either anymore. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's 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 awesome. Uh, I think it's, it's such a, a a wonderful thing that you're doing, man. For real, I think people that dedicate their time for uh, an endeavor like this are, are it's it's good, right? This is you are putting good into the world. Ugh, I'm a chronic yawner. Don't hold that against me. Uh, <laughs> You're putting <laughs> good funny. into the world, man. And it's 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 a very good thing. We need more people to do that, right? More people need to be vulnerable. More people need to be approachable. And it's a good thing. I, and and it's made me it's be it's made me better on the microphone in wrestling. It's made me better on the microphone at comedy. Like I'm 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 now trying to focus uh in comedy in being more present. Uh and that's something that is like uh, a, a a very recent thing that i've noticed that i i kind of lost my my being present on stage but I, i'll get there <laughs> as long as i continue well, my, to work on it my dog just farted man like a legit mm. fart too like mm. you, you're, you're disgusting now she has to come on and say all right come here come here oh geez you stink this is my sophie grace <laughs> She's my puppy. She's uh, I, she's a rescue puppy, and I love her to pieces, even when she farts. And you are a stinky girl. Uh, and I love her to pieces. It's my soapy Grace. She's a, a rescue dog. She was found in a box. Not doing too bad for a dog from a box. Yeah. I got to run, bro. I got to go to the cafe. I got to get ice to the cat cafe. Okay. Uh, open in so an hour and a half. Just, I thought I had just more time, but I don't. Some just some real quick things, just like two quick things, and I'll and I'll send you off to the sunset with a, a hot dog and a handshake, and you know enjoy the rest. Hot of your dog day. and a handshake. I'm in. So the, something it made me think of it because you you brought your dog, you brought your dog up on screen for any of the audio listeners. If you if you didn't see the dog, whoops! Subscribe on YouTube. But yeah. Go subscribe uh, to Corey Castle on YouTube, and you can see the Sophie Grace. But 
Uh, I think I, I went and saw Christopher <laughs> Titus. Do you know who Christopher Titus is? He's a I comedian. Do know Christopher Titus. Yeah, I used to have and that he, show uh, on TV. What was it? Growing up, Titus, maybe. Oh, I thought it was just called Titus. But, oh yeah, it might have been just been Titus. Yeah. Uh, he he said, uh, "Oh, if if anybody were to ever ask me for any kind of advice, here's the kind of advice I'd give you. You know, like when a when a dog sees a ball, that ball is all wow. they see. So." Yeah. Be that ball. Yeah, fuck ball. Yeah. Be that about anything. Right. Uh, so be, be, so that ties together the being more present thing. Be that ball. Be that dog with that ball. Laser focused. Okay. So On everything. The way, the way I, the way we wrap it up every time is I'll, I'll say, uh, like, I don't know. Did, did you did you catch Jerry Springer? Do you know who Jerry Springer is? How the hell would I even be alive if I didn't know who Jerry Springer was? I don't know. You were inside. I don't. I, I mean, you 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 he spent started a good in like the eighties, bro. He was like in the eighties and nineties, and of course, I know who Jerry Springer is, man. Okay, what do you say? So at Take the end care of, of yourself and each other, right? right. At the end of every episode. Right. So before that, he would do a final thought. So before he did yeah. that closing, he would do a final thought uh, where he would get like the, the takeaways and the lessons to learn from that episode. Yeah. yeah. In, in your best Jerry Springer's final thought, how would you how would you wrap up? How would you wrap up and get the best takeaways to inspire somebody to be a better version of themselves tomorrow? Uh, I would. I would want to tell people that. Wait, let me get my best Jerry Springer. On. <clears throat> Every day we live. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I would admonish people to try, just try it on for size. Give yourself seven days where you absolutely do not get mad or angry about anything. Look at everything with love and kindness for seven days. If your life is not better in seven days, then go back to doing whatever the hell you want to do. But try it on <clears throat> for seven days. Smile at everybody you see. <clears throat> Damn it. Excuse me. <clears throat> Smile at everybody you see. Be nice to everybody you come across. Shake a hand of everybody you meet. Ask somebody how their day is going. Just be nice and be kind. And try it on for seven days. And... From what I've, I've learned from here, from Corey, already, you've taught me a couple of things here. And it's, it's vulnerability in comparing yourself to other people is a detriment to your mental health, right? You, and I didn't even consider the, the comparison, the compare they uh, things before this, but... <laughs> You're 100% right. Comparing yourself to anybody else only gives you as much insight as that person's life has, right? If, you, if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, your insight into life and the lessons you're going to learn only will go as far as those people have in their life, right? So be you, be the dog chasing the ball, focus live for what you know is right and just be kind and love 
everybody and your love is your life is going to be amazing you can do anything you want to do you can manifest the life you want make the choice life is about choice kindness love is a choice and so is hate and anger and frustration and misery those are choices too i think make a better i choice. think i think i i think i heard this quote from lauren and i i forgive me if i'm if i'm butchering it but he said pain is required suffering is a choice Facts. Facts. We're all diamonds, was- right? Diamonds come from shit and they have to endure a lot of pressure and they have to do a lot of, of, of pressure and they come from dirt and they're horrible. And then once they're pressurized and they're right, then they undergo fire and they have to go through a ton of fire. And then shine bright little fucking diamond. Right. Shine bright like a diamond. Right. Cause you are a diamond and you're valuable and Every single person is valuable and, and you're a diamond. So endure the pressure. Pain is, is a requirement. Suffering is a choice. That's a beautiful, beautiful quote, Lauren Harris. <laughs> what, do, you, uh, do you do any impressions? Uh, what's, your best impre- really. what's, your best, what's your best impression? Uh, I don't know that I do any impressions. I do accents. Like okay. I talk like a hillbilly all the time. I can do I can do the down south southern hillbilly. I, I do that pretty well, uh, you know, because okay. I grew up around a bunch of country folk, and so I do that quite a bit. Uh, and that's like my Ted Lasso impression. I do Ted Lasso. <laughs> I don't have the the mustache. Oh, uh, oi, <laughs> oi! And of course, I'm working on my my British. But my British always comes up sounding like an Aussie, and so I sound Aussie <laughs> British. And my wife hates it because she's a Brit and she's like, it's just stupid. It sounds like bollocks. She's, so, you're sounding, you're, you, you, you're offending me. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm offended. Not, you know, <laughs> one thing I've come to find about Brits that I didn't know before was that they always ask questions. Isn't it? Doesn't it? Wasn't it? Hasn't it? Shouldn't it? Wouldn't it? This thing's lovely, isn't it? You got to go, don't you? You gotta do. You gotta go outside, haven't you? <laughs> it's oh, always a oh, great. Got got to pee, don't you? <laughs> you gotta take a pee, haven't you? You gotta visit the loo, don't you now? So in yeah. in in your in your in your uh, best Aussie Aussie British accent, Aussie British. Uh, we say how we wrap it up is we'll have you say it in in the accent. Say the catchphrase of the end of the show. We'll say. Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Thanks so much for your time. <laughs> I appreciate you, you man. Friend. Absolute Love pleasure, you, man. brother. Thank Love you. you, bro. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Are you, you're going to end the recording, uh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but but first, I want to I would just, just speak to the people who may still be here, um, who may still be listening. Uh, if this is your first time checking out Evolving with Corey Castle, if this is your first time consuming anything that has to do with me, I appreciate the F out of the currency of your effort and the currency of your time and your attention because that is such a such a precious currency these days. Such a like everything is battling for your for for your attention and the value of you listening or consuming this in any way. I can't tell you how how grateful I am for that. If you could take 
one second before you leave to just make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit subscribe. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Truth Social, all that shit on Rumble. I have a new show that I do on Sundays called The Sunday Stew Pod on Rumble with my friend Lou Marconi. Uh, check all that stuff out. If I mean, if this if this is your first time and you're already sick of me, you're not hearing me even say this because you've already left. Uh, <laughs> if <laughs> Sonny, thank you so much for your time, man. I, I appreciate yeah, you so much. And, and like I said, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what 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 stuff we help each other with because if i can oh. be a resource to you in any way if there's yeah. anything in your in your mind that you want to ask me at any point dude you got my phone number call me up no doubt it, it, yeah, i'll be using that, it i i would i i do not i do not have any problems with that that's right all right uh so you know before before you do all that stuff and during the beginning middle end of all of that stuff be kinder to yourself. That's be kinder it. to other. Be kinder to other people. Uh, talk to other people like you'd want them to talk to you. Golden rule. But also, like, you know, be the type of person that you'd want to be. Be the type right. of person th that you'd want to look at and go, "Oh, I wish I was that person." Go and be that person. <laughs> be yeah, be to do be. It. You'll be somebody that's never existed before because nobody else has you and has your journey and has your experience and can handle the 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 circumstances and the decisions that all surround the type of person you wanted to be. Facts. Be fun, have safe. And also uh, what's the other one? Oh, keep it moving. Bye. <laughs>